0: Final hour of the big show. Get back to more of your calls. If you're online, stay right there. 301-230-0980. Our great friends from AEW are in town. ESA tonight and Friday night, two terrific shows. Yesterday, of course, we had the great Nyla Rose with us and pleased to be joined now by another D.C. native. As Sanjay Dutt joins us now. We were supposed to have him yesterday. Our phones went per They got pinned for the one, <laughs> two, three. But today, it appears as if things are back to normal. Sanjay, Pete and Chris here in D.C.,
1: appreciate a few minutes. How are you, sir? Pete, Chris, how you
2: guys doing, man?
1: We're doing great, and it's great to hear your voice after, uh, again, like uh, Pete said, the phone problems. Uh, thanks so much for making time for us. I know you guys are really busy, obviously, tonight with the three-year anniversary at AEW Dynamite, as Pete just mentioned, over at the ESA. Uh, get your tickets available right now. Again, AEWtix.com and 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 you're busy too, right? Because this, for you, is a home game. You're a D.C. native. You're, you still live in the area, so this is kind of cool. You don't have to hop on the bird uh in order to perform tonight and friday
2: this is a great week i actually just pulled out of my driveway uh so i'm heading to dc right now i live uh, on the suburbs of uh, northern virginia here so uh yeah, I love it man. No no planes. Uh one week I'll take it.
0: I was going to say Sanjay in a moment like this, you know, just like uh of uh, the other great pro athletes in the area. I mean, how many people are like trying to hitch up for tickets and uh things of that nature because uh the fact that they do get to see you and, and the superstars of AEW in person here.
2: It, it it really is a special feeling, you know, my wife and my kids are going to be coming out um, You know, everything I say about Jay Lethal on camera is true. He's my best friend. So uh, my wife and my kids uh, are looking forward to seeing him destroy Darby Allin uh, live tonight on Dynamite. So uh, that's all I'm worried about.
1: Yeah, well, that's going to be one one part of a big card tonight. And again, uh, if you're not going to the show, make sure you set the old DVR for 15 minutes extra, as AEW has let you know, uh, because it's going to be the first ever expanded episode of AEW Dynamite. But we want you to go uh, uh, as well and see Sanjay and, um, and, and all all the stars of all elite wrestling. All right, so uh, you mentioned, uh, you know, of, of course, we talk about you being a DC native, still living in the area. Uh, before we get into the whole, the rest of the wrestling thing, and what's going to happen with Darby Allen and all that stuff tonight. Why? Uh, what? What is special in your mind, Sanjay, about this area, and why did you choose to make it your home after growing uh, up here? When so many, you know, decide to go elsewhere, and you know, maybe you, you know, could have gone to Florida or wherever, uh, you know, and and do your own thing. Why yeah. did you want to stay in this area? And what about this area do you love the most?
2: You, you know what? To me, simply put, this is home. You know, I was born in D.C. Uh, I lived in D.C. for a little bit, then we kind of moved out to the uh, to Nova, Northern Virginia area, Arlington, Ashburn, Fairfax County, that area, and mm-hmm. it's just home. Uh, you know, I've got my wife here, my 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 parents, my family. Uh, this is a great, actually, it's a perfect place to raise my two young children here in Northern Virginia in the DMV community. So, like I said, man, simply it is home. I've had a lot of offers uh, within wrestling over the last 22 years to relate, relocate here, relocate there, and I've made it abundantly clear to uh, anybody that I've worked for or worked with that uh, my home is Northern Virginia, and that'll be, uh, that'll be the case until I die.
0: Sanjay, this is a grueling profession, man. Uh, the fact that you've been able to stay in it so long, as you just mentioned, over – uh, a long amount of time, but and in many ways, kind of do it your way. What's been the key to that longevity in in a in a profession that certainly can be very very grueling to those involved in it?
2: Uh, great question. I, I think two of the things that I attribute my success over the course of over uh, two decades is uh, being a realist, uh, being very realistic about what professional wrestling is and what it can do for me and my position and then adapting, you know, figuring out when the right time is to adapt to the next stage of my career. And uh, before I even was forced out of the ring due to injuries, I had – kind of made that adaption mm-hmm. in learning the backstage aspects of things and production and whatnot. And, you know, that was, uh, I'd say 10 years ago. So 10 years later now, uh, you know, I am fully wet in the pool, uh, behind the scenes in, in helping cultivate the new talent that we have and providing the greatest product on television that we can.
1: Yeah. Not only do you do that though, but for people that don't maybe regularly watch or, or, or pay attention to every little thing, you know, you, you still have a pre- pretty big on-camera role. Obviously you mentioned Jay Lethal and, and sat. I'm saying we're going to get to him in a sec. But I got to ask you, how did you create the whole pencil vibe? And, and how did you turn a pencil into something so cool?
2: Wow. So, you know, that that's a great question that uh, I'm shocked nobody's really asked me the origins of the pencil. So uh, the actual origins of uh, me and the pencil go back a ways back. But uh, the pencil behind the ear is something that I've done uh, pretty much for the last, like I'd say, four or five years when I really uh, adapted in a backstage role. Mm-hmm. And I remember the very first time that uh, Jay and I were on cut camera, he looked at me and said, Hey, Hey, we're about to go lock. Take that pencil out of here. And I looked <laughs> at him, and I said, Oh no, it's staying. And then, uh, you know, we're off to the races from there. Uh, you know, it's just kind of been my thing. And I've, uh, I, I gotta say, man, uh, you know, having that pencil there is like a security blanket at this point on TV. I don't,
1: I don't know if you're a football fan. I, I, I don't know if you are, but it, it, you know, when I, when I think of the pencil in the ear and and the whole gimmick, Matt it makes Patricia. me think of Matt Patricia, the former Lions head coach, and Bill Belichick's longtime assistant. You know, I mean, we don't see yep. the, we don't see a pencil having such a prominent role in today's day and age of computers and you know, pens and markers and all that stuff.
2: I'll tell a real quick story. There was there was one time when, when I was working at WWE as a producer, and I, I you know when I started, I would always have a black or a blue ink uh, pen. Right. And it had exploded in my in my uh, uh, sh- suit jacket, and oh. I saw this big stain, and I go, "Oh my goodness!" That's why Vince McMahon never carries a pen; he's always got a pencil, That's and then perfect. I kind of switched to pencils from there.
1: I love it. That's pr- I didn't think about that,
0: Sanjay. I want to talk about. Vince and Triple H and their influence uh, for a moment. I mean, these are two, you know, giants of the industry. Vince may be the the biggest giant uh, in the history of the industry. What do you take from those two guys as you create and craft shows all the time now yourself? But the influence that those two guys had because they are two icons of any entertainment industry it's not just wrestling it's any Mm -hmm. entertainment industry with what they've accomplished
2: yeah you you know what i I think what the biggest takeaway that i had from working uh closely with vince and hunter was this uh this view that they had of things it 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 was the broadest 360-degree uh, view that you could have on, on one thing, and, and it made, forced me to kind of look at things from a different perspective and think outside the box when it came to presenting a television product, and when I say television, uh, I, I'm not stressing wrestling product, but television product, because at the end of the day, we are a TV show uh, that provi- provides some kick-ass wrestling, but mm-hmm. you know, just a, a different way to present that to the audience.
1: Sanjay Dutt, our guest here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app, of course, on the BeckQl guest hotline. Make sure you give him a follow, at Sanjay, S-O-N-J-A-Y, Dutterson, D-U-T-T-E-R-S-O-N, A-E-W. Nice enough to put out a cool tweet promoting the interview with that awesome gif of <laughs> Sanjay with the pencil and doing the, woo, Ric Flair strut. I love it, man. Yeah. I love it. That got me all fired up. Um, so, uh, here one thing that I wanted to ask. What you know, obviously on show nights like this, you're you're it's eleven oh nine and you're heading to the arena right now. Obviously you're gonna be there way, way, way in advance of an eight o'clock show. What do you do as a producer and I, I guess maybe sort of uh utilizing your also on air roll, but what do you do as a producer on, say, Monday or Sunday when there isn't per se a a, a major TV show that night how are those sure. days more grueling like an NFL coach works you know sixteen hours or seventeen hours on a Monday How does that kind of work for a a producer and somebody with your level of experience
2: well you know what i i kind of I kind of liken it to that where it, there's a lot of prep work that goes on when you're producing live episodic television Mm -hmm. you know you've got to make sure your storylines are right you've got to make sure that the talent is there you got to get with travel uh there's a myriad of production issues that that pop up during the week we've got to set up this shoot that shoot this camera guy that audio guy so there's a lot of uh layers that go into this that nobody will ever really truly sees
0: you know, Sanjay, we had Nyla Rose in studio with us yesterday. I want to talk work culture for a minute yeah. because uh for your promotion, if if there are is there there's a lot of uneasiness and uncomfortableness amongst the characters within your industry, as you say, with your TV promotion. it, it is a TV show. Uh, she really felt so strongly about the culture that you all promote there mm-hmm. and have on an everyday basis that allows your performers to be who they are without hesitation and, you know, without that side eye uh, in in many ways. Just talk about how hard that is to promote and also uh, because, again, you all have to have a lot of trust in each other. You as a producer have to trust your performers uh, to to be on the same page and doing uh, the right things. How have you all been able to build that type of supportive culture that is able to cross so many different lines right now
2: so i i think that the the most important thing and, I, and i've said this uh last oh, no. when it comes like this everyone needs to be on the same page there needs to be a 1000 percent team effort and there really is uh you know you you noted the the talent or the wrestlers kind of having trust in me as a producer Uh, You know, it just goes it goes both ways. You know, there's trust trust on both ends that uh, I am doing what I feel is best for their story, their match, their backstage segment and vice versa. But uh, especially over the course of the last, uh, I'd say, two or three months, AEW, uh, I feel like we have really come together uh, for one common goal, and that is to be the best wrestling company in the entire world. Uh,
1: You guys are, I mean, you guys are kicking ass. Like, the shows are awesome. They're exciting. I mean, fans are so rabid. Uh, You know, quite honestly, you don't always see that. On the other side, uh, and I know you know part of that is, of course, what you and your colleagues are trying to build behind the scenes. Because fans, wrestling fans, you know, are, are smart. They know what they're buying into, and they know what they're passionate about. I wanted to ask you this: uh, I was watching a video. And I can't remember when it was, a couple months ago, uh, when you and and and, um, and Jay Lethal uh, and and, um, and and ultimately, Saturn came out uh, in in the dark. Like, and you guys attacked. Samoa Joe and the the house lights went out right when you're producing something like that maybe not that exact scene but something like that what goes into okay we got to make sure that whoever is going to attack out of the dark of the arena is under the ring is he in the back (laughs) of the locker room is he in the like how do you kind of in general plan stuff out like that so that there's that element of a kick-ass surprise.
2: Well, you, you know, I think that uh, it, it shows the the synergy between uh, the creative and the production. Uh, you know, those two uh, big juggernauts. That's what makes a professional wrestling TV show, and you need to have seamless synergy between those two. And if you don't, you can't pull off something to that effect. Uh, and that goes. And, you know, let me take a moment here to to kind of uh, champion our production crew and and, and everybody that works on the scenes and in. Some of the most talented individuals that I've ever worked with, I've, I've actually known and worked with a lot of them uh, during the course of my time as a talent at TNA Wrestling. So uh, it, it really shows how well production and creative need to work together. You guys
0: really push the envelope, you know, Sanjay. And, and is that by design to try and make yourself – unique and the buy-in from the performers uh, you know how tough was it to get them to to raise their level and go to a different place that some promotions are not going right now
2: i don't think it's very hard for the talent to to get to that point you know uh, they in generally inherently as a talent you want to push the envelope you want to push the boundaries of what you can do and what you can kind of get away with because uh, you know, if you try, truly think about it, okay, well, that's something different. And I can, you know, do this with if I push the limit here, or I can get more over if I do this. And so I, I don't think it's hard for the talent. I think the harder issue is, uh, behind the scenes, the company being behind, uh, pushing the envelope that far. And, and you know, I don't think we push it too far. Uh, the, the, there's some choice language, I guess, on a few occasions here mm-hmm. and there. Um, but other than that, I think we're trying to do our best to provide a, a kick-ass product for everybody aco- across all demographics.
1: Absolutely. D.C. native and Northern Virginia resident Sanjay Dutt, our guest right here, of course, producer uh, and on-screen manager for All Elite Wrestling, which you can check out tonight and Friday night with Dynamite and Rampage, three-year anniversary of Dynamite from the first show here in D.C. three years ago. Uh, again, get your tickets at Ticketmaster or AEW Tix, T-I-S. Aewtix.com, A-E-W-T-I-X dot, com, uh, dot com. Um, So when, when you guys are, are like, after the TV show is done, right, um, you know, and I'm so fascinated by your role, so I apologize if I'm asking, like, certain questions that are slanted, like, to the behind no, the good. scenes. Um, do you guys, like, um, you know, t- 10, 15 tonight or whatever it is, do you guys sit around and have hours and hours of meetings? What went right? What went wrong? What did we like? What did we not like? And then make changes immediately for Friday? Or do you kind of take you know some time to chill out, calm down, take a deep breath, and and maybe not let emotions run heavy? How does that kind of work behind the scenes? or, or and, and how does it work during the show as well?
2: Uh, I wish there was time to breathe. I wish there was time to chill out and relax. I really wish there was, but... Um, it is a it is a full-time grind because, at the end of the day, we are not mass-producing television. We are doing it weekly, live, every single week. So there are so many moving parts that uh, go into something like that. So when a show does end, it, it, there is a moment where we kind of regroup and talk about what worked and what didn't work mm-hmm. and how that affects uh, the, the following episodes and whatnot. Uh, it, it's all episodic, so uh, there's a domino effect when something good happens. And unfortunately, there's a domino effect when something bad happens. It's just how we adapt and adjust to those situations. But that, but yes, there, there, there is uh, so much, uh, I, you know what, I'll, I'll equate it to this. It is all about communication, uh, especially now we have this really strong team in place and backstage capacity. And it, you know, we try our best to communicate with each other as much as possible to put out the best product possible.
0: I'll ask you a twofold question here. We talked about the fact you've been doing this twenty two years. A, what's the the key to longevity in doing this for twenty two years? And B, was there ever a chance that you were gonna do something else before you committed down this road?
2: Sure. Uh, if you ask my parents, they would have said yes. Well, actually, if you ask my mom, she would have said yes. I wish you would have done something else. (laughs) Um, unfortunately, I don't know what, I don't know what that would be. That would be, I I have no clue. Uh, I, I have a, I have a communication degree from George Mason University in Fairfax, Virginia. So, um, I always kind of had that to fall back on, but, uh, I turned 18. I became a professional wrestler. I'm 40 at this point in my life. I'm a 40 year old man, and this is all I've ever done. All I've ever done to uh, make a living as an adult is being a professional wrestler. So I don't even know what else it would be. Um, I'm sure if you ask my mom, she's got a, probably a list, a laundry list of other things that I could possibly do. Uh, fortunately, my dad was a big wrestling fan. Uh, so he was, you know, the, he, it was it was just a dream come true for his son to be on TV as a wrestler. Um but yeah, this is all I've ever wanted to do, and I guess all the eggs were in one basket, and you know it worked out. Hopefully, thank uh, God! Uh,
1: I think I think you've done just fine for yourself, Sanjay, with us. Uh, just another uh, moment or two as he heads to the entertainment and sports arena for tonight's uh, AEW show again Friday night as well. AEWTix.com, dot com, dot com, if you want to go, and you should. Um, so, um, w- you guys have. You know a lot of names that uh, and and personalities that people are familiar with, even if they don't maybe regularly watch AEW. Uh, sometimes they have different names, their real names, what have you. But so many superstars and stars. Who is the best in the game right now, from a either technical or from an on-camera ring presence? Is there one guy in your mind that speaks? Right now, ahead of everyone else, or is it just a bunch of guys like Jericho and you know, and, and so on and so forth? I, I know, I, I know Jay Lethal, uh, but 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 is there one guy, or is it just a group of guys that are you know pretty much on the same line, if you will?
2: Uh, you know what? I think every individual brings their own unique characteristics to make this product a success. Uh, it's hard to uh, pinpoint one person. Uh, I, I think it is definitely a, a group effort, and, and when you look at uh, some of the matches that we've got on tonight, you know I'll, I'll kind of spit some names out, and, and I guess we, it's hard to kind of say, okay, this this guy's really killing it, but this not this is hard to rank when this, everybody is so good. You know, you've mm-hmm. got Brian Danielson. Daniel Garcia, Chris Jericho, uh, there's Sammy Guevara, Wardlow, uh, Jay Lethal, obviously uh, MJF, Wheeler, Yuta has stepped up to the plate. There's Claudio Castagnoli. So for, for for me to pinpoint one person, I'm sure I'm leaving off so many other names. Um, and, and you know what? I'll, I'll say I'll throw this one out at out at you. Willow Nightingale uh, and Jamie Hader last week on Rampage was one of my favorite matches of the mm. week. So like I said, man, it's hard to pinpoint one person.
0: Sanjay, I'll let you out on this. Obviously, Jay had an amazing opportunity uh, to train with, in my opinion, the greatest of all time. I don't think anyone has ever done it. I'll go to my grave with it as a wrestling fan. No one's done it ever better than Ric Flair. For Jay to be able to, you know, offer some semblance of support to Ric Flair in that final match and what you know, Rick has meant uh, to this industry. Uh, as someone who can maybe appreciate that, with with you being in the industry, just what was that like for him, and uh, to see Rick still willing to go to that point at his age, and and do it still in a Rick Flairish type way, what was that like to kind of observe that, and and certainly experience that with Jay as that was going on?
2: Uh, it, it was pretty incredible because you know. From the first day that that whole uh thing started when when jay called me and said hey guess who's coming to the school today to train and he says rick flair i said why the hell is he doing that um so so to be part of the journey from day one and 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 to know you know i don't think obviously that that was a monumental moment for jay and it meant a lot to him but i don't know if uh anybody other than me and maybe his parents uh, really understand how much that truly meant to Jay, mm-hmm. not just on a professional level, but on a personal level. Uh, you know, he has obviously um, a professional relationship with Jay, but uh, with Rick. But Rick and Jay are uh, really, really, really good friends. And uh, what what that moment meant personally for for Jay, um, I can't speak to those words. It's be, it's beyond that. You know, it was a uh, a moment that he'll never forget and. You know, my wife, my wife and I, and, and our kids, we flew out to Nashville to, to witness it firsthand. Um, it was a very very special night.
1: Sanjay, we're big wrestling fans. I think, as you could probably tell around here. So one of the things we do for first time callers, I love it, or dude. or or when we say something really smart and brilliant, which we do uh, all the time, is this. <gasps> <laughs> Little Ric Flair woo action for you, and 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 here's another thing you're going to appreciate this as a guy who's been in this industry. So I like to tout my own self, right? When I tell you know fans, oh, I was right about Carson Wentz or you know this or that or this guy is going to stink or this is going to happen. You know what we do? We say we're Barry Horowitzing ourselves, you know, with the with the oh, pat yeah. with the pat on the back, and uh, I and I yeah. <laughs> You remember Barry, right? <laughs> of course.
0: And and, of course. and what Sanjay, you can appreciate it. One of our listeners accused Russell of having a torn labrum from Barry Horowitzing himself <laughs> so much. Oh my
2: God! Yesterday yeah. as well. So That's very <laughs> possible. Too much patting on the back. Oh, Amen, absolutely.
0: Brother. Sanjay, this was fantastic, man. Just like we told Nyla yesterday, especially when you guys were in town, you got an open invitation, man. We appreciate uh, you being so gracious with your time. And uh, we wish you guys all the best with the two great shows here in D.C. tonight and Friday. Appreciate so much time this morning, and uh, have a great show tonight.
2: Hey, thank you, guys. Much appreciated. I love the conversation. Thank Thank you, you Sanjay. Great to
0: have you on. Sanjay Dutt joining us here and again tonight, AEWTex.com at the Entertainment and Sports Arena. They're there tonight and Friday as well. If you missed any portion of that, you can hit rewind on the Odyssey app, and, of course, Matt will have it up on the podcast in just a little while. 301-230-0980. We're 20 minutes away from Dumb Dumb of the Day right here on Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. Again, if you missed our... Conversation with Sunjay Dutt. Get it on the podcast. You can hit on the Rewind on the Odyssey app right now. I'll spend a couple of minutes here. Today's last day of the regular season. Uh, Major League Baseball, Washington Nationals, getting ready to put uh, the finishing touches on uh, a season, certainly, that they did not want to have in any way, shape, or form. It's just worked out that way. Roster is completely different than it looked like at the beginning of the season. And going forward now, You know, Mike Rizzo talked about it yesterday, about a 20-minute jaunt with reporters about right now. uh, Honestly, they don't know about Steven Strasburg's 2023 status at this point. I thought it was a very candid and honest answer uh, from Mike uh, in terms of that topic. They said as of now, Patrick Corbin is part of the 2023 plans. They've got two years left on that contract. And the other thing is, you know, he'll be waiting on guidance from – Ownership and what that status is going to be. We haven't had Chris, a lot of gigantic off seasons for the Washington nationals since they've been here, you know, it's been, you know, sign a free agent, you know, bring max in. That was a big deal. You know, harp leaving big deal. Rendon leaving big deal worth coming in big deal. But this is one of the more, I think critical and interesting off seasons For the Washington Nationals since they've arrived in D.C. We haven't had many of these where they've had to rebuild the product. But critical offseason coming up, especially with new ownership coming in. And Davey Johnson, or excuse me, Davey Martinez, affirming, at least for now, unless they decide to leave, his coaching
1: staff coming back intact for 2023. Right. and and Davy and Mike had their options picked up for next yes. year, so we think they're safe now. So they're getting I, I mean, paid. Listen, we know new, that. New ownership, right, could come in and clean house. We don't. We, we have no idea. Um, that being said, before we get into Strasburg and especially Patrick Corbin and whatever, I mean, we still don't know actually if the team will absolutely be sold. We think they will. We're pretty sure they will. And then even if it is sold and agreed to in principle and whatever, there's then a process that Major League Baseball has to go through in addition to approving the sale. So this could take until oh, mid-January. Well, it could take until February 1st. Sure, sure. So you're hoping, I think in a perfect world, you have it
0: wrapped up by then.
1: Hoping. Hoping. So. A- and, and approved. What you're saying is Approved and voted well on by then, and I think because of Major League Baseball, that before structure, the winter meetings, or that's that's like a week before the winter meetings, yeah, I right? Think, they yes.
0: usually and I do think, that. I think baseball, because of its structure, they know who's bidding, so they've approved. They've essentially given you approval on who your bidders yeah, are. That yeah. if if you accept a bid from one of those parties, that that group is going to be confirmed. Uh, and welcomed in as new owners. Uh, Major League Baseball, in fact, I, I all sports, whenever there is conversation of a sale, they all know who's bidding, and they all tell them behind the scenes, hey, we've investigated all these groups. You know, Group A may not necessarily be somebody you want to do business with. We have a lot more confidence in B, C, D, whatever. So that's the, that's the biggest thing, other than figuring out whether Steven Strasburg can actually pitch a baseball anymore. Uh, for your team at a a big league level. And you feel for Strauss because the guy remained loyal here. Mm -hmm. He could have gone anywhere multiple times. He's had two two opportunities to be able to venture other places. He's remained loyal uh, to this city and to this franchise, which is why it stinks that he's going through what he's going through. So
1: you know you're you've got your fingers crossed but i mean at this point though like if you're mike davy new owner old owner like there's zero way you you build a roster thinking steven strasburg is going to be a part of it right you can't yes you you have to think that if he's here it's a bonus right if right. he's if you have to build right. as if he's not
0: going to be a part of your franchise do you
1: think because of that because of that and because of how hard he would be to trade without a significant, significant portion of the, of his contract being paid off over the next two years by the Nationals. Do you think that leads even more to, as, as tough as it's been since the World Series championship, we have to have Patrick Corbin here because we've got to have a veteran leader A and somebody who eats innings and who has been outside of one little blip on the radar screen – been, you know, where his back tightened up in the first inning, he has been healthy as a horse. I I, I think I, because I think a normal organization, when I say normal, I think an organization that was ready to compete or ready to win or whatever, or wasn't financially hamstrung by many different things, including a potential sale, I think they would probably buy him out or eat a significant chunk of his contract instead Rizzo said yesterday and I don't know what he told the junk's this morning but Rizzo said yesterday he's going to be a part of the rotation Damn. or at least that's the plan right but I think if Stras was semi countable on if they if the learners trying to be responsible here um if they gave if they look, weren't if so they financially gave, conservative right if they gave mike the
0: opportunity if if Strasburg was here with no problems mm-hmm they might give mike the opportunity the opportunity to move on from the player uh, and and because again it, this is about winning baseball games right okay it, it, uh, if you have a player that's directly losing baseball games for you mm-hmm. it makes no sense to continue to play that player if all they're doing is contributing to losing for you now i will give him credit over the last couple of months of the season he changed some things had a little bit more success, but you were hoping this is a guy that would be like a a one two would be an upper part of your rotation. Mm-hmm. Right now, Patrick Corbin pitches like a guy that's fourth or fifth, yeah, in your rotation at best. Does eat innings? He can get he, you, does. he does get you to the sixth and well, not all the you time. Know, sometimes <laughs> the
1: seventh, yeah, but and a sometimes season, he gets struggles to get out of the first. That's but... very
0: true. Yeah, that's very true. But that is again where Mike said yesterday. I'll await direction from ownership right. as to what he can do. Because you have to figure Cavalli, Gray, Corbin. That's three for next year. Paolo Espino. No. No. Minimum, he's a, a bullpen arm. Uh. Yeah. I, I mean, but <sighs> Cole Henry's not. Cole Henry's probably not going to be ready as of yet. He had a little bit of a setback during right. the course of the season. If he get and look if Henry goes
1: to camp and blows it up and looks great
0: then that's another yeah, young arm that was you put a, in that there. that was a
1: pretty big but but that that thing is also the thing that Strasburg's dealing with, right? Same with Will Harris, with I mean, Cole Henry, I think, right? I mean, th- this thoracic outlet syndrome yeah, thing
0: is just I'm pretty sure just, it's 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 you know, it's it's kind of like the the 2022 version of what Tommy John used to be right. years ago now. This it's a yeah. it's an injury we don't know how to fix. And you just play a waiting game. What do you do with Fetty? <sighs> again, I mean, you you depending on things like Joe Ross coming back from another surgery, if you know, if he ends up being back at some point, that's a bonus. I mean, look, at, at this point, depending on what Mike's able to go out and shop for in free agency, you know, maybe you allow Eric to compete for again bottom end of the rotation spot. But other than that, I mean, the guy, Eric unfortunately doesn't show you the consistency to pit, to to be able to contribute any higher than that. So if you're Mike right now, and ownership gives you the directive and the okay to do it, you got to go shopping for some better groceries mm-hmm. in the rotation. It, like I said, it makes no sense to keep doing the same thing over and over again if it's not going to contribute to winning. Mike Rizzo hates losing. Okay, I mean, I've sat at I've sat at tables, I've had conversations privately with him and Davey Martinez. They hate losing. The two of them—they're two of the most competitive SOBs you will ever find. This was not okay for them this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is—I mean, there are a lot of Maylock's moments for both of those guys this season because how much they value winning and playing the game the right way, and that didn't happen here this year. Not only did they lose games, but Chris, there were times they didn't play the right way. If you play the right way, and the other team's just got better talent than you do, mm-hmm. and beat you night to night because it's Max Scherzer versus Pitcher of the Week at times in this rotation. That's one thing, but they didn't play the game the right way either. And that is what will stick with Davey and Mike as competitors and right. baseball people right. is how much in a focus for 2023. When they open up spring training is having 25 to 28 guys on the roster that understand, Hey, there's a right way to play. And there's a wrong way to
1: play. Well, and then- if you're
0: going to keep playing the wrong way, we're going to find some other people to play the
1: game the right way. Well, I, I think that's a fantastic point because their base running has been atrocious all year. Dude, it's, they're, it, it, they're, it's,
0: it's base running. It's overthrowing, cutoff men, throwing exactly. to the wrong base. Well, let
1: me ask you this. Executing rundowns poorly. Just just what what we said right there. What do you do with Victor Robles? Because he has been a culprit in a lot of that, yet he's the best Fielder, they have. He's a great and center fielder. I, and he plays a very critical position.
0: Yeah, you got to be strong up the middle. Abrams, I don't know what his contract
1: status is. A-
0: but, Abrams has been brilliant yeah. up the middle since you brought him in. Uh, your catches, has one more year left, at I least. Think? Yeah, okay. I, I mean, I right would, tra- I would trade him. Ruiz, it, you have to be strong up the middle. Ruiz proved that. Yeah. Uh, he's terrific, yeah. terrific receiver. Great thrower to second base for most of the season. Trailed only J.T. Realmuto in terms mm-hmm. of uh, players mm-hmm. uh, throwing out runners at second base. So he he aids you defensively in stopping the running game. So. Mike has improved the club defensively up the middle with Ruiz, with Abrams. You saw them start to play better, especially when Abrams got here, because that guy was saving runs Mm -hmm. uh, with making simple plays and making the extraordinary play uh, out at shortstop, turning double plays when they weren't getting turned. I mean, those little things, man. You give teams extra outs, they score extra runs. Abrams came in Robles defensively. Those guys, in theory... Keep runs down, but you gotta you gotta have
1: pitchers to keep the ball in the right. ballpark too. But if too. all of this is everything that you said is correct, if fundamentals and doing the little things are most important to winning football uh, baseball games, and Davian and Mike want to win, and nobody would question that, how do you justify keeping Robles then, just because he's a good defensive center because he's not good enough in any other area? I
0: think in any a, other area. I think it's a fair question uh, because the results are what they are and that's why Mike and Davey get paid good money. They're going to have to make a, a a critical decision. Maybe it's a one more. I mean, they've had so many discussions with Victor about the follies on the bases and things of that nature. Maybe there's one more conversation you say going into spring training, here, you're competing for you know, a job, but if we see these same fundamental flaws in the game, you know, we, we maybe we move on. But the question is is who you're replacing him with. Right. Are those players going to be just as good, if not better? Because not a lot of those guys, I mean, think about it. Lane Thomas was voted by the media and a good group, very intelligent group, as the team's MVP. What does that tell you? You know? I mean, Lane Train has had a hit for power this year. Somewhat productive career year. high in home runs. Yeah. You know, up near 250 can run, good fielder. I know Tremendous a scout that arm. really
1: really likes him. I, I my, my, my,
0: with you know Do being down, Lane Thomas was my daughter's favorite yeah. player this year. Yep. Got a hell of an arm out there in the outfield, so I think Lane Thomas is one of your one of your outfielders mm-hmm. next year. The ultimate question is, what will the rest of that uh, outfield look like? Matt, is Peter still there? All right, we'll give Peter uh, Peter. You got 60 seconds. We want to get you in here because you are on hold. Peter down in Wilmington, North Carolina. What's up, Pete? And now the phone clicked out on him. God, look at that. I promise I didn't do it. It's not your fault. (laughs) We tried to get you in, Peter. Sorry about that. Call us back tomorrow because what your topic is, we'll be talking about tomorrow as well. 301-230-0980. Dumb Dumb of the Day is next right now. Chris tells us what's trending.
1: All right. Once again, we're brought to you by All Elite Wrestling. AEW is bringing their last two shows of the 2022 calendar here to Washington, D.C. at the Entertainment and Sports Arena tonight and Friday night. For tickets, go to AEWTIX.com. That's AEWTIX.com or to Ticketmaster. And if you missed Sanjay Dutt earlier this hour, great conversation. About 20 minutes. It's available for you on the Odyssey Rewind. Nyla Rose uh, in studio yesterday as well. Well, that's up on the podcast, Russell and Medhurst uh, at the team 980. Meanwhile, the commanders are on the practice field as they start to tune up for the Tennessee Titans, made some roster moves. Christian Deloro, a undrafted free agent tackle, last spent time with the Tennessee Titans, has bounced around with five other teams. Besides that, he was signed to the practice squad today. Cornerback Troy Apke was released from the practice squad, so that apparently ends that. Meanwhile, Sam Connor. Cosme, Uh, he had thumb surgery, according to Ben Standing of The Athletic and Odyssey D.C. yesterday. Exact timeline unknown on his end. And the Nationals, who we were just talking about with Mike Rizzo and moving forward, wrap up the regular season mercifully today at Citi Field in New York on 106.7 The Fan, Nationals radio network, Mets heading to the playoffs, the Nationals heading home. And that's what's trending.
0: You tonight at the ESA com. And look, they've had great success with us. And if your business would like to partner with us, just hit me and Russell up via DM. We'll get you in touch with the right people mm-hmm. to build a relationship together. Building relationships that's what life is all about. Doing them in a responsible, caring way. Sometimes, though, it doesn't go that way. <laughs> and for that, we call those people. It's time for Dum Dum of the Day on Russell and Medhurst.
1: All right, thank you, Mr. Medhurst. So, I like opinions, right? I like people that think differently than others. Oh, you have opinions. Yes. Uh, sometimes my strong opinions rub people the wrong way. That's okay. That's part of it. So, this is going to be a classic example of that. But, hang with me. Remember the Super Bowl in Miami, In February of 2020, February of 2020, right before COVID hit and the world shut down as we know it, halftime show, J-Lo, Shakira, hips don't lie, baby. They wore some revealing outfits, to say the least, right? Well, it appears... All these years later, it's now October of 2022, two and a half years later, that loudmouth Megan Kelly doesn't like what J-Lo and Shakira wore. And she went one step further on her podcast late last week, according to the New York Post, because I don't mm. I don't listen to her podcast. No. Pedro, you know what her big issue was? <clears throat> she thought that Shakira and J-Lo were showing too much of their, quote, vag, end quote. Trust me, I didn't make it up. I didn't make it up. She does realize
0: that they were on a program governed by the FCC and that if vag was being shown, that they would get heavily fined. Right. I'm just saying. And
1: let me just be clear. There was no vag being shown because otherwise, A, I would have seen it. I may have been looking. (laughs) (laughs) At (laughs) least you honest. (laughs) B. Everybody would have seen it, just like we saw. Who was its boob that popped out? Janet Jackson. Janet Jackson. There you go. She said, "Quote: I object to like, I object to like J Lo and Shakira showing their vag at the Super Bowl. Like, I don't want that." She wanted women to embrace their bodies. It's got to be situation appropriate. She told a comedian that nobody's heard of. But I don't really object to just women embracing their bodies or showing up their bodies like the pictures. Uh, so she was complimentary, though, of a 57 year old widow of, uh, and a former supermodel, Paulina Poroskova, Poroskova yeah. who was, you know, late widow of, of, of uh, one of the cars, frontman, whatever. Uh, she, she had no problem with her, who posted on Twitter showing. Her wearing a thong bikini while the camera is aimed at her backside. Apparently, that's okay. So uh, you apparently, can show that's some okay. Tuchus, but not. But you can't show not the other side. Exactly. So for that, and because this is a ridiculous opinion, and again, if anybody knows a ridiculous opinion, it's going to be me. You listen, Megyn Kelly. I don't care what your political stance is. Everyone wanted to see J-Lo and Shakira tear it up in more ways than one at the Super Bowl. And everyone walked away going, wow, those two ladies? Now, one of them likes to evade taxes, apparently. Those two ladies killed it, and there was nothing wrong with it. So for that ridiculous, slimy, dumb, stupid opinion, Megan Kelly. Congratulations. You're Chris's Dumb Dumb of the Day.
0: I would embrace. You know, Megyn Kelly would wants women to embrace their bodies. I would embrace Shakira's body, quite warmly.
1: (laughs) Shakira, Shakira. Now
0: I can't help her. I can't help her with the government issues she's dealing with, but because she's ten times more wealthy than I am. But hips don't lie. If she needs a warm embrace and a hug after when it's all over with,
1: a warm embrace.
0: I'll be right there.
1: A warm embrace and a hug. Somehow. I mean, listen. I got to be careful of of not being, you know, too obnoxious on the radio. Uh, let's just put it that way. Um, an embrace and a hug might might be kind of like on the low end for me. There mm-hmm. might be some other things that I might be interested well, at in. At least
0: you're honest. Um, just, just saying. Roster news officially. Yes. We had discussed it. Tyler Larson officially designated to return to practice yep. today. So his like Brian Robinson's 21 day window. Activate it, and it appears with some of the reports coming out that Ron seems mildly confident
1: there's a chance you might see eight this weekend. Uh, I mean, he's got to practice first, but yeah. I mean, I I would look, they desperately need a shot of life. They yep. need, it's not a Willis Reed situation, but they desperately need Well, no, I mean Brian's not coming in there walking right, on one leg like right. Willis Reed did. They def- that night for the Knicks. Right, exactly. They desperately need a, a shot of life. Um, you have a closing uh take real quick or? I
0: have this closing take. Dave Johnson. It's time for the guys Oop. to
1: give their Sorry. closing no, argument. Hit the shower. Let's hear that. And final I got a quick take.
0: one after you. Dave Johnson, 27 years, the voice of DC United and because of what MLS is doing, they're going to network coverage through Apple. It's going to be like an NFL game where there's announcers every week. So there won't be local specific broadcasts to DC United anymore, which means Dave's 27 in year run. But Dave Johnson's not more; is just more than just a announcer for DC United. He is DC United. He's been the most consistent thing about the organization from start to where they are now. So I hope Kristen Bredis and the folks at Apple do the right thing. And make Dave Johnson one of the 8-10 to talents for MLS soccer on Apple next year. Because if they don't do that, they're doing MLS a tremendous disservice to someone who may know as much, if not more, about the league, its history, and its current situation than anyone. Way to go, Dave. And let's hope Apple does the right thing.
1: Absolutely. You might say he's the most synonymous and connected thing to the Wizards as well for all these uh, years of frustration. Um, that's a good one. Congratulations to Dave for a great run and hopefully again extending. I, I just wanted to uh, say this. I, don't know, I End on a sad note. Uh, yesterday, uh, and I was so busy in my mind, I didn't realize yesterday was October 4th. Three years ago, I lost my brother uh, who passed away at the age of 31, and I miss him every day. And, um, you know, life's not the same uh, when when your family members, especially ones that are younger than you, Uh, just don't wake up and um, I should take better care of myself. You should take better care of yourself. Everyone should take better care of themselves and uh, do all the appropriate things and the right things. Uh, And um, you know, again, there is no promise of tomorrow Uh, and all you can do then is just kind of hang on to the memories Uh, and life's just not the same going through that in 2019 and you know, seeing how happy and whatever the Nationals were, and and, and there, that was amazing. That was a way to heal a little bit, but there is no healing ultimately when you lose someone special in your life. So just remembering my brother uh, Joseph, uh, three years after he uh, uh, unfortunately and, and tragically passed away.
0: Amen. Coming up, Linnell. He's gonna. You're gonna actually get to talk to him today. The phones are working. He's got burgundy and gold today. Next, right here on the Team Nine Eighty, the Odyssey app.